Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Frightmares. I am your host, Austin Proctor, and joining me across the table today is my lovely wife, Miss Gabrielle Proctor. I still don't know what to call you since you uh, have... twat. You lost the marriage license. Wow. Shots fired on the pot. That wasn't me. I didn't lose you that. You said, I'll put it here and we'll never lose it. So where is it? Where did I put it? On top of the fridge. It's not there. That's my point. That's my problem. You, okay, it's you. This is a whole other podcast we have to start. It co- it's called Austin and Gabby Fight About Things. The things that Austin has lost. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot. The number's very high for the things that I'm like, oh, I put it here. And we go back to look there, and it's not there. So This is so on topic. Okay, so we need to start a new podcast called Austin Lose Things. Austin Loses Things. Austin Lose Things. Okay, like so I need, st- I need to start another podcast called Austin Can't Talk. And then we'll really be on track with like four fucking podcasts. It'll be great. What are the other two? Well, Frightmares, uh-huh. Austin and Gabby fight, Austin loses things, and Austin can't talk. So <laughs> those are just two episodes of the Austin and Gabby fight show. <laughs> oh God, we've already derailed. It's it's happening it's already. Been 10 seconds. It's been ten seconds. Uh, yes, welcome to episode 34. Today's today's main topic, we're going to be talking about uh, four B-movies that we've watched recently, and oh, are they a lot to talk about. But before we get into that, we have two other things we want to talk about, one being a couple movies we saw recently, then we're going to dive into a little discussion about what is considered a B-movie, and then we'll go straight into the main topic. But l- first of all, right at the top, we want to talk about two movies we've seen recently. One was The Turning, which, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we've talked about it on the on the, on the show. I, I don't Silence I'm, from the audience. I think yeah, we have I'm not really, talked about it. I'm really, really having a brain fart on that one. But yes, we did see The Turning, and Gabby? <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to talk shit about this movie, but you're gonna. Now I mean, Ooh. the idea was interesting. It's an uh, an adaptation of uh, the Turning of the Screw. No, the turn, the turn, the turn of, of the, the screw. screw. Screw you. <laughs> the uh, turn of the screw you. And uh, I know season two of The Haunting of Hill House is going to be focused around the same story, so that should be fun. Um, I think they're going to win out on who did it better. Well, it's Mike Flanagan, so really there's no comparison. He's going to beat you no matter what. Mike Flanagan, shout out. Love you. Best. Best. He does love you. Oh, he's the best. God damn it. If you for some reason listen to this podcast, you really love him. Which he doesn't, but if he did, he would know how much. Favorite director. Hands down. Someone's like, what's your favorite director? Fucking Flanagan. And, and that's done. what he likes to be called. Um, Fucking Flanagan. <laughs> so anyway, so The Turning, uh, I feel like it lacked because it wanted to go in multiple directions and they just couldn't pick one and stick to it. I, they, I feel like they wanted to be edgier by misdirection and it didn't really play out. Well, it didn't work for them. It didn't work in any sort of capacity because the trailer was honestly pretty good. I was like, okay, Finn Wolfhard. Like, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of him outside of Stranger Things, you know, aka it. Not a fan of him and it that much. Um, but I, you know, Stranger Things, he was fine. So I was like, cool. He's getting a, you know, 
theatrical release horror movie, this could be good. And you had the younger girl in the uh, movie. I don't know her name offhand. Nobody does. She was super creepy. And honestly, she did a much better job, in my opinion, on screen than he did. I'm not sure that the my problem is, is I'm not sure what Finn was going for. Was he trying to be a weirdo? Because, like, he was weird, but also he was, I don't know, his acting just wasn't like it normally was, you know, like from Stranger Things or whatever. He just kind of was off to me. And I think that was partially because of the character he was playing. It was supposed to come off as uncomfortable and weird, but it didn't really come off. It just didn't work. That's my thing, is his character, whatever he was doing and whatever he was told to do, it just didn't work for me. And the only saving grace from that movie was Mackenzie Davis from, well, I know her from uh, the The Terminator Terminator movie. That's the first thing that I ever saw her in that I can at least remember. And she was fantastic in that movie, but she also kind of had these really weird quirks about her, just like, you know, Finn Wolfhard did. And that's my problem with the movie. It was just kind of, it was so off. And they tried to do so many dream sequences. Stop. That was a lot of dream sequences. So many dream sequences. So, yeah, that movie did not work. I gave that a half a star on Letterboxd because, wow. I don't really, you know how many things I've given half a star? Do you want to know? No. I mean, I'm going to tell you. You are. Can you just say, yes, Austin, yes. Oh, shit. Oh, Give shit. me that information. Yeah. So out of the 481 films that I have logged onto Letterboxd, right, I have given half a star to only eight movies. What? Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my mind is blown. Is Do you want to know the ratio? I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but you know, I don't really give half a star to just anything. You know, I'm I'm actually, I'm actually pretty gracious with my star ratings, but this one super gracious. This one, God, like we're I'm, okay. I'm not gonna give anything away, but I'm gonna tell you right now: the last 20 minutes of the movie don't happen. There you go. They don't happen. That it, seems like a massive spoiler. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, this is gonna be a movie that, like, I recommend to just not see. Unfortunately. And when we started this podcast, we were like, we're here to, you know, talk about movies and, and not disrespect movies. and Which I thought was a hilarious plan. I was well, never going to go along with it. It's so weird because I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be here to talk shit about movies. And here I am a year and one month later, almost to the day since we started this. And I'm like, yeah, fuck that movie because God damn. Well, it's not so much talking shit about a movie as it is being real with how you felt about it. I mean, nobody listens to a podcast to hear fluff no i mean yeah so, you're right yeah and it's not like all we do is trash films we we even talk about films that were terrible movies but we still enjoyed i mean no yeah you're right and and e- even as bad as this movie was i did enjoy like the cinematography it was nothing like outstanding but i still enjoyed how it was shot they had those big kind of sweeping shots of like like aerial shots of them walking through the garden and the and the maze in there like it was pretty nice. Like it was very theatrical and the score was pretty good. But yeah, overall as a movie, it just it they were trying to do too many things at once and it just didn't work. God, I wish I had said that. What? What you just said. <laughs> I mean I did five minutes ago, but hey. Fuck off. Whatever. 
So, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, this year so far for horror movies has started off way, way worse than last year because last year we had we had Escape Room and we had Prodigy. It was it was a very strong start to the year. And so far in 2020, we've had this. We've had The Grudge, not that great, Underwater, and Gretel and Hansel. Now, two out of those four movies have been great. So let's move on to the other one this year that has been great, which is Gretel and Hansel. And honestly, I'm really not sure what I witnessed. I, I, I was sitting in the theater just like... It was a coming-of-age film. Honestly, it was a... I've, I said this to you on the way home and the day after. It, it's a love letter to the 70s. I got such 70s vibes from this movie just with like the long zoom-ins and the, like the very foreboding just shots of things. And I was like... God, this movie, I mean, it, maybe it's just me, but it felt very 70s. See, for me, um, I get what you're saying, but I, I felt like it was more um, about feminism and um, the the roles women are born into and choosing to not anchor themselves down into roles that they, they stereotypically get pushed into and... Uh, like I, I thought it was a strong push for choosing your own path um, while still doing what you feel is right. And I I really thought they did a nice job with it, but it is a coming-of-age story, which is was definitely more about Gretel and vaguely about Hansel. No, I just meant, like, like thematically, like, like how they shot it, 70s film. I know what you're saying. Oh, okay. Okay, never mind. God. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, how it was shot, the way it was portrayed, very 70s vibe. But, yes, they, they were they were much more leaning on the Gretel part, which is why it was called Gretel and Hansel, not Hansel and Gretel, which is – I kind of like that. They kind of – they flipped it around, and I was like, you know what? That's cool. Like, and they gave them a big age gap because usually they're of similar age. Right, because I want to say um, Sophia Lillis' character, which this is a girl from It – Yada yada. I mean, obviously, I know how old she is in real life, but I want to feel like she was maybe portraying like. A, did they say her age in the movie? I can't remember. She's supposed to be sixteen, while he's eight, and. Um, so yeah, that's a little literal double. Yeah. Age. Well, usually they're both around. Usually, um, I think I read it was ten. Like they're usually both around ten, twelve. Yeah. So I like that because she is obviously very protective of the younger brother. Meanwhile, you have this crazy witch, which I think her name was Holda. Was that her name? Yes. Yeah. And she's been in a lot of other things that I didn't even know um, because Corey was talking about, oh, I love that actress. And I was like, who who is this? What has she been in? And I started looking up. The Little Vampire. Yeah, with uh, Jonathan Libnicki. Yeah. I mean, she she's been in way too many things. I think she's got about 106 credits on uh, IMDb, and she has been in so many things. She, I mean, she's, she was in Sleepwalkers from 1992. She's been, uh, apparently, there was a Judgment Day TV movie in 1993 that she was in. I mean, she's, she's been all over the place, and I've never really heard of this actress before until this movie, but then, you know, I started looking her up, and I'm like, oh, I have seen that movie. Okay, she does look vaguely familiar now. Obviously, she looks a little bit different because she has one eye that's kind of like, uh, how would you explain that? Like cataracts in her eye, like in her right eye in this yeah. movie? Yeah. yeah. 
She's also portraying a witch. So this is definitely a different movie for her. Oh, shit. She was in Six Feet Under, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's been in a bunch of shit. But this movie just... I mean, I was in the theater with you and Will, and we were just, I, I was just looking at this like, I, I'm not sure exactly what I'm watching. There was a moment in time where, remember that table scene that they had? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening in this movie? And uh, that, that's a movie that I would immediately own. Um, and actually, I think I already pre-ordered it on uh, Amazon because it's that good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, we don't even own The Joker yet, and you pre-ordered that? The Joker is still 20 six dollars on amazon i can't pay more than like 19.99 for a blu-ray i love the joker one of the best movies of last year but like come on like can you just make it like 20 bucks 26 bucks for I'll, a dvd i'll do my best are you gonna buy it but you know what you, you have when was the last time you bought a movie for this oh, wow you know what holy shit Christ- i never thought Christmas, about it. i bought you christmas movies no, 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 no. I'm talking. Oh, you know what? We're getting derailed. We're getting derailed. Yeah. So Let's focus. get back on Why track. Focus? Let's get back on track. No, uh, Griddle and Hansel was a fantastic film. I gave that a four star just because it was very, very fun to watch. Like every single shot in that movie was like, you could put that like on a postcard. It'd be a very creepy postcard, but you could, you know. Yeah. Why don't you talk about something else since you're giving me those fucking dagger eyes right you're the now. one who said you wanted to spend less time on the new movies well they're so good and bad at the same time so the juxtaposition is just fucking all over the place right now don't spit your drink you almost made me spit my drink <laughs> so uh we're f- fright mares we're gonna we're gonna recommend to 100 percent go see Gretel and hansel just go ahead and avoid the turning wait till that comes out on vod don't don't go pay to see that one i ugh. I never thought I was going to be that guy to say, don't go pay for a movie. But here I am. Don't do it. Yeah, Just it's don't. not worth it. Just don't. Wait till it's for free on Netflix or Shutter or all the beautiful streaming services we have now. Um, and yeah, go see go see Gretel and Hansel instead. That would be better. That would be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what was the next thing we were going to do? My co-host that I love so much. What were we doing? Wow. Um, <laughs> we were going to talk about the topic. No, we were going to talk about B-movies. And that what is the topic. That is the topic. You know what? Hell? I'm just going gonna, gonna to go ahead and sh- throw a shout out to my wonderful wife who has put up with all my shenanigans on the show and decided to do this with me. I'm just saying. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So, Gabrielle, what is a B-movie to you? That's Gabrielle. A B movie. What is a B movie to you? Because uh, it's very subjective. Um, B movies. I generally take to me movies that don't usually have theatrical releases, or if they do, still very low budget, um, low quality scripting, uh, little to no known actors. Um, yeah, really not something that you would immediately haul ass to a theater to see um, if you even knew it showed up in theaters. Because I had movies where I loved them and they got theatrical releases, but nobody's seen them. Like Book of Eli got a theatrical release. Didn't know anybody that saw it when it came out. Obviously, it's not a horror movie, but it's a smaller movie. I've never, I still have not seen it. And we've been dating, we've been Book, together. You haven't seen Book of Eli? I told you that. Holy shit. Yeah, I told you that. All I know from that movie is the fact that 
um, uh, handy wipes are currency, and that's why I always grab those for you at restaurants. Handy wipes? You mean wet wipes? Sanitary wipes, wet wipes, handy wipes, fucking fuck you wipes, whatever wipes. Those are currency, so I grab those for you when we're at restaurants because I love you, and I want to make sure we have currency in case the world goes to shit He's and Denzel lying. Washington is our friend. I mean, I don't know. He would definitely be our friend. Oh, for He'd sure. He'd be our cool friend. Shout out, Denzel. Um, <laughs> he's not lying, though. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, movies, low budget. Um, like I said, very little known or like um, not well-known actors, if any known actors. Um, yeah, mostly movies that don't get big budget releases or released to like big streaming services a lot of movies like i will say like trauma films oh no 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 trauma films are the like pinnacle of, of b, b movie. movies yeah, yeah they're, they're they they're quick they're quick made movies it's not like we spent 10 years on this film or we spent two years building this film it's like we came up with an idea last week we're filming it this week no lloyd kaufman is he, he's the guy behind trauma and yeah he no they are literally like the the gold standard of b movies i mean they've put out god they've been around since like the 70s i want to say and they're still putting out movies today. And it's a lot. And it's a lot. So, yeah, Troma is 100% like your go-to B movie. No one is famous in that movie. The the, the effects, while they're great and practical, you know, they're kind of cheesy. Uh, the acting is cheesy. And that's what I consider a B movie. Kind low of budget. Low budget, cheesy acting, but can also have good practical effects. Some people might consider a B movie to be something that is bad, you know, like bad CG or uh, there's, that's the thing with B movies. It's very, what did I say? What was the word I used? It's very, it's uh, subjective. Yes. B movies can be very subjective on what you think is a B movie. Now, according to the internet, this is just a a quick Google search. A B-movie is any film that isn't created for an art house scene but has a low budget. But that's not all the sets this type... Wait, that's not all that set this sets this type of movie apart, particularly when it comes to the horror genre. Most B-horror movies feature bad special effects, which is what I just said, far-fetched storylines, and lackluster performances from their stars. So, that's what the internet thinks is a B-movie. Me, it's just... Straight to DVD, not wide theatrical release, and not great acting, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, I know the fourth film we're uh, going to talk about was a, um, it's considered a B-movie, but I still think it's oh. got like A-list quality effects. And that's the thing with some B-movies, it's like they have, either they have like, not A-list actors, but like A-plus actors where the acting is really good, but the story is kind of shit. Or they have, like, A-plus fucking, like, effects. And you're like, wow. But with the last one we're going to talk about, honestly, like, that's like an A-plus movie to me. Same. <laughs> it's not a B-movie. So here's a list real quick of some of the, you know, well-known B-movies. Sharknado, obviously. Pretty it, much anything made by sci-fi is a B-movie. Yeah, I mean, it, this one does have terrible C. It's, it's not the terrible CG that makes this movie bad. It is the... The plot, it's fucking called Sharknado. 
I mean, we've reviewed this on the podcast, and I love that movie. It's fucking fantastic to me. But, you know, it is a B movie just because, like, wow, a shark tornado, really? And also, the you know, the CG does not help. Um, number two on this list is a movie called Exeter, which I've heard of but never seen. So we'll come back to that. Uh, number three is Zombievers. Zombievers. Uh, they also, yeah, they have a very, very awesome song. Uh, number four, Spiders. Whatever is that, that is. That's not arachnophobia? No, 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 no. Just, just Spiders, number four. Oh. <laughs> um, Three-headed shark attack, which I've seen. They have okay. They have a three-headed, a four-headed, a five-headed, and a six-headed shark attack on Amazon. So, um, future episode. What? <laughs> yeah, you go ahead and talk <laughs> to somebody else about that one. Okay, so they only list, they only listed off five movies. So those are some of the B movies that are listed off on this particular fucking website that I found. Um, but yeah, again, B movies to me just kind of you know cheap, cheap, you know. Not great acting, but I do love a B-movie with a lot of good practical effects, which honestly is the, kind of the theme of this episode, besides Killer Pad. Well, I mean, uh, but even still. They had, well, no, they, I was just thinking about the crazy horned lady. They had some pretty good practical they had some effects. some fun effects. But a lot of it was, was pretty cheesy. So let's just go ahead and dive right into the first movie that we watched, which I told you this before we started, and now I'm blanking because I'm on a whole other fucking tirade of talking right now. The first movie we're going to start with was, was Basket Case. Basket Case. Oh. Now, this movie has a 3.4 or 3.5 on Letterboxd. Which so is I'm, aggressively generous. So I'm like, okay, you know, let's... Let's watch this one tonight, and we'll watch, you know, the other one the next night. That is a, yeah, that is a very generous rating on Letterboxd, because Letterboxd is uh, where you go to, like, harshly rate movies. And if something has a 3.4 on Letterboxd, you're like, this is going to be a good, I'm not sure if I watched the same movie, maybe I wasn't born in the right decade to appreciate this movie, this movie was not good. Oh, no. It, it was, was not. not good. Um, I will say. I'm sorry. Do you want to say more about it before I get into my no, no, feelings? No, no, no. You, you go ahead and get into your thing, and then we'll just go back and forth, and we'll talk about okay. what's going on. Are you going to talk about, the like, the plot? I can do that first. Do you remember the plot? Yeah, I've got the synopsis. Right okay, now. so why don't you go ahead and just, like, kind of, you know, like, wisp us through the plot, and then give us your thoughts. Okay. A... Young man with a comically large picnic basket um, travels to New York City, uh, where inside the basket is the grotesque, tiny, deformed tumor twin brother who is seeking vengeance on those who what? split them apart against their will. Just real quick, sorry, spoilers for this. Spoilers for this movie because that oh, that fuck that, it, it was in well, 82. No, 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 that was a that was a big moment where you found out that the person in the basket was like split off of the main character. So that's that's like Except a big moment. This is the synopsis for the film. It oh, says see, what, what? a young man carrying a big basket that contains his extremely deformed Siamese twin brother. Seeks vengeance on the doctors who separated them against. That's their on will. IMDb. That is the synopsis, bro. <laughs> 
I didn't know that. How go- else would you explain that? No, though? no, no, no. I didn't know that going in. And when they explain that, like, that's like 45 minutes in to like an hour and 27 minute movie. I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool plot point. All right, cool. That's like your, that's like your, bro- they ex- <laughs> I'm going to be real what with the fuck you. IMDb? About 10 minutes before that scene, I went to pull up the IMDb and then I read that. And I was like, so when they said that, I was like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. God damn it. Um, which you apparently didn't notice. So anyway, I I'll I will I will go with my positives for this film. You first. go with your positives. I'm gonna go with my negatives. God. I'm gonna go positives, then I'm gonna go negative. Positives. Damn that face was freaky as fuck. I will say, while I hated the weird puppet thing that they used, the hands were really badly like molded because you could oh, see like the yeah. edges of the cast for the mold <laughs> in a really shitty way. And I was like, wow, <laughs> didn't want to cut those off or nothing. Nope, it's 82. Uh, Fuck you. <laughs> um, so while those were weird, the incredibly terrifying way they had the guy's face inside this weird mask thing and then when it starts screaming at you i did have a what the fuck yeah it was moment the, ah! like, oh uh, yeah a lot of it, it didn't really make noises um which we didn't get at first because uh talks psychically with his brother oh, yeah. and then he's like no i don't want to talk right now no you can't convince me and you're like, I don't understand. That and then was you realize he's talking psychically to him. Yeah, that was when, um, that was before they had re- like revealed what was in the basket, and he checked into that checked into that hotel, and he's like rolling around on the bed, and he's like trying to cover his ears, like God, shut up. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I get what they were going for. I, I it get, just yeah. didn't make sense because you have to explain that it was just confusing. The only reason why I knew about it is because I have seen. Go, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go. Okay. Um, So that face was scary as shit. And uh, I will say um, the only movie where uh, there was nudity or there was partial nudity of some kind in the film that wasn't sexual. That's it. That's my good feedback. Um, On the flip side, however, real rapey. I mean, only at a certain part, but yes. Weird, weird, upsetting boob molestation. No, that was no, that was from beyond. You're getting these confused. No, 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 no. Th- I'm talking about when the brother is having a fever dream that he goes to the receptionist's house and starts groping at her nipple. Oh, and then, like, yeah, then that was weird. The weird motion that he's having sex with her and then... You're like, well, he's clearly not really there. And it's the weird, deformed twin brother. And I was like, wow, this is really rapey. Really awkward. Well, it was the 80s. And it's um, really upsetting. <laughs> and this will not be the only time I complain about this kind of... Uh, no. Yeah. It, it happens again. But uh, going back to the when he was in the bed rolling around. You know, he's he's just... You don't know. I mean, I know because I've seen stuff about this because I'm on a thousand horror things on Facebook. So I know what is inside the basket case. It's the fucking weird guy. 
Weird Siamese brother. <laughs> yeah. Ah. So he is in bed rolling around like, oh, stop talking and like covering his face with the pillow. And I'm like, OK, I know that that dude's in there. So I know that's what you're talking to. But put yourself in the 80s when you have no idea what's going on. You're like, what are, what are you talking to? Like, oh, stop it. Stop it. And then he like closes his pillow over his head, but he can still hear him. And you don't realize that it's because they're Siamese twins and they can like communicate telepathically and it's just like it's it's just such a weird scene to put in the movie i don't know maybe maybe they didn't expect it to age the way it did with people knowing what was in the basket before they watched it i don't know yeah it it didn't make sense it just didn't make sense and and god the acting in this movie was just this movie didn't have a lot going for it i mean it's labeled as a comedy horror and it was pretty funny at points but like there were certain points where i was like should I be laughing at this? Like, is this one of the funny parts? Because I can't really tell. Like, yeah, it didn't because the the jokes didn't really work, and then there were parts that were kind of funny because they were bad. Like, yeah, him oversharing about his uh life and then cackling like an insane person while his neighbor is like, um, are you <laughs> joking? And that was funny because. He was just so over the top about it. It was it was ridiculous, but was it supposed to be funny? That's my thing. Like, was this... Because, you know, Evil Dead was considered a horror movie, but later was perceived kind of more as a comedy. That's why in, in Evil Dead 2, they went full-on comedy horror. Because, like, people, like, perceived it funnier than it was. So it's like, was this one of those movies where they intentionally made it to be a straight horror movie? But when people watched it in the theaters, they kind of, you know, got an impression that it was supposed to be funny? Because that's literally what happened with Evil Dead, unless I'm misremembering things. No, I'm that's pre- yeah. So I'm not sure if that's what happened with this one where they meant to go full-blown horror, but people in the theaters were like, oh, <laughs> this is funny. So they're like, oh, I guess this is a comedy horror because there's still, like, I'm pretty sure there's four, ba- I think there's basket case one, two, and there's at least three. For sure there's at least three. Yes, there's three. Okay, so there's three. So we need to go watch those other two to see if they kind of push more into the comedy. Because a lot of the quote-unquote comedy in this movie wasn't funny. And, I, like, I, I've seen movies from every fucking decade. Like, I can understand a comedy horror, but, like, this was not funny it was just kind of sad and not good i'm gonna tell you i just looked at some of the photos from basket case three and i'm upset does it go crazy i don't want to see i don't want to see i want to be surprised because we're gonna watch those oh oh it's surprising all right so then maybe that's what happened maybe a lot of straight you know like maybe some horror movies from the 80s got misinterpreted and they were just like, fuck it, let's, like, even Texas Chainsaw, well, okay, Texas Chainsaw did not get misinterpreted, but if, you, if you've ever seen Texas Chainsaw 2, it's like a full-on, like, fucking horror comedy, and it's very, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it seems to be a theme from the 80s where, like, they have a straightforward movie in the beginning, and then the second one is kind of just like, let's have fun with this, and I appreciate that from the 80s, but also, this one just didn't work for me basket case it didn't work i think i gave it a two when it had like a three and a half everyone's like oh this movie's great and i love it i gave it i'm a i'm i'm an upset i'm an 
What's the rating? I gave it and I'm upset I watched it. Yeah, it was um I'm uh, listen. Frank Henenlotter, you know, he's done some good stuff, okay? Some good stuff. He's done a lot of good things, but this to me was not one of them. I'm sorry. Um are you talking about the guy who did brain damage? I'm talking about the no, 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 no. Peter Jackson did brain. No, no, wait. Oh, oh no, no, that's no. That's dead alive. Sorry, that's dead alive. That's dead alive. Sorry, I always get those two confused. Yes, he did brain damage, and that was that was dude. That was funny. I don't know if it meant to be funny, but like that shit was funny. The little guy that was like, mm, "Yes, let me talk to you in this weird way." <laughs> okay, missed opportunity because the dude bro that made this movie. Made a movie called Frankenhooker. Yeah, I know. That that's the guy. Yes, yes, he made Franken. You've not seen Frankenhooker? Why would I have seen that? <laughs> it's fucking like that's a movie that I like. I get that movie. I did I don't for some reason I did not get Basket Case. I was on like I why does this movie have a 3.4 in letterbox? What is happening? What am I missing? Do I need to rewatch it? Ah, God, I feel I re- like we have to be in into like bad horror and um like while i can appreciate a campy movie i do actually have my limits yeah i do too i really have my limits and i i just i just i'm sitting there watching this movie waiting for it to be good and once they did the stop motion in basket case i was like i'm done randomly i was like i'm done i can't you have you have these really good like for the most part, good practical effects. You know, if with you the, just skip out the actual puppet. But it okay, but it is the eighties. You know, like for, for for the most part, they have really good practical effects. And then they just did that stop motion thing with him on the floor, and I was like, Oh God, no, you shouldn't have no, you really shouldn't have done that. Stop motion in horror movie. Like, the only time you ever need to do stop motion is you know, for like claymation, because it works. Because that's what it is. That's that's what it is for the whole movie. When you go from shooting a a movie in a certain frame rate and then you cut to a stop motion frame rate, it is very obvious. And it's, wow, that's not working at all. I mean, maybe it did in 82. I wasn't there. I can't tell you. But in 2020, it ain't working. And it's very obvious. Yeah, no, it's it's not. You can't mix and match like that. You can't mix and match like that. Um, I I will say that I am uh, pretty excited to watch two and three just because i feel like it's gonna go full-blown comedy and be absolutely outrageous but for the first movie i, I wasn't a fan just i can a, guarantee a, you based on the photos perfect three is outrageous so so stay tuned for the basket case two and three uh reviews that will come at some point we'll say some point this year because i just i just have to watch them um excuse me I will say uh, Frank Henenlotter's other stuff I've seen is it, good. For some reason, this did not resonate with me. So I know you feel the same way as I do. Basket Case, 1982. Garbage film. Oh, yeah. It, it's 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 not good. <laughs> I didn't like anything about that movie, unfortunately. But I still gave it a two because it was from the 80s and practical effects and whatever. So, <sighs> Yes. Nothing. I'll tell you later. Oh, okay, you'll tell me later. All right. So let's move on to another. So the B movies that we put together, um, you gave me two that uh, you 
owned previously but didn't own now because I was very upset the fact that I had to buy both of them to watch because you're like, oh, I own them. It's fine. We'll watch Thank them. God you worked it into the podcast to complain about it. Of course. So you gave me two movies that I researched. I was like, yeah, those are definitely B-style movies to me. Mine I got from the internet. I just went to like, you know, I went to B-horror movies and I, and I looked at like five or six different lists and I compiled. I was like, okay, well, I'll take this one and I'll take this one. So I picked Basket Case. You picked the next one, which I had I had never even heard of, and that's called Killer Pad. Yeah, from two thousand and six. I should um, I should have had this up. I'm sorry. You no, figure after thirty four episodes we would have this shit ready to go. And I I explained to you the reason I had had these movies um, because Heather, my BFF. Um, and I would go to Blockbuster in high school and we'd just pick random horror movies. We're like, yeah, we're having a sleepover. We're going to watch horror movies. And then we just pick random ones. And these were the two favorites of ours that stuck with us over the years. And so Killer Pad, it was 2008. So close. Oh, this movie. Are you going to explain the plot or no? No, do you want do you want me to? I mean, you explain basket case, so can I explain this one? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a one sentence synopsis. I was gonna say I have about two sentences to this, and it's the fact that three dude bros are looking for a place in California. The first place they go to, which by the way is run by Lynn Shane. Shout out to her for being in this movie because I've never seen her look like she did. It was a lot. Like trailer trash? Oh, man. She looked like straight trailer trash. And I knew that's what they were going for. So they go to her. She's like, I can't make it work, blah, blah, blah. So they go looking around again. They run into the El Diablo guy. Whatever. <laughs> El Diablo is El aquí. Diablo is aquí. And eventually they move into 666-something-something. Perdition Road. No, Perdition Road is from fucking uh, not that movie. No. Yes, it was 666 Perdition Road. It was really stupid. No, Perdition Road is from a... No, that... that You're Perdi- thinking of the film Road per- to Perdition. No, Perdition Road was from fucking From Beyond. No, that was the oh other 666. Oh, my God. I will fucking... I will I, No, I will, I will... No, I will fight you. Perdition Road was from From Beyond. Go fuck yourself. No fucking way. It was not Perdition Road in Killer Pad. I will fucking stake so much money on that. Okay, how much money do you want to stake? Perdition Road is from From Beyond. Okay, and how much are you willing to bet on that? $666. Great, I'll take it because the road in From Beyond is 666 Benevolent Street. Oh, it's right. It's Benevolent. Everybody heard it. He owes me $600. Oh, fuck. It is Benevolent. Oh, my God. What now, motherfucker? Don't you test my knowledge. God damn it. (laughs) Where's my money at? It's forthcoming. Oh, my God. You're right. It it was because I remember watching that movie like (laughs) Benevolent Lane 666. Give me my money. Fuck. Give me my money. Damn it. Here you go. I'll throw that. Here's a pencil sharpener. Son of a bitch. God damn it. Don't you ever test uh, me. I really thought it was. I didn't I didn't think you saw the like actual lane 
uh, Avenue thing in uh, Killer Pad. Yes, because after we saw From Beyond and we were like, oh, wow, two movies with the address 666. Spoiler alert. That's the one we're talking about next. Anyways. So, yes, they move into 666 Perdition Way. And um, as you can imagine, shit goes awry once they move in. Uh, I wonder why, because it's a fucking sparkling bachelor pad with with nothing wrong besides pentagrams and red everywhere. Oh, that can't be it. God, it was so silly. And I loved every single Well, Okay, it did kind of get a little tiresome towards the end. Like I was kind of done with the humor towards the end. But overall, it was hysterical. And they had actually some pretty good effects. And by the way, this movie was directed by none other than the man himself, Robert fucking England. He directed this movie. Fun facts. Like, Gabby was like, yeah, we're going to watch Killer Pad. So I went on to Letterboxd. And I was like, oh, Robert England. And I was like, that can't be the same Robert England I'm thinking of. And I went to the director. And I was like, oh, there's his face. Oh, he's directed two things. We have to talk about the other thing, which will be forthcoming. But yeah, I didn't even know that fucking Robert England directed anything. Obviously, he's acted in a whole bunch of shit, and I'm sure produced a whole bunch of shit. But directing? He good at it. What? Like, Andy Milanakis was in this film. Like, how? Okay, we're, let's reenact this right here. Ready? I'm the guy calling about Killer Pad, and you're Robert England. Ready? Hello. Hey, uh, Robert, do you want to direct this movie about uh, a killer pad? Yes. Done. (laughs) Like, was that the whole conversation? Like, how did they rope him into directing this? Because the only other thing that he directed was, like, 20 years previously. So, like... (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. It's, like, a weird... But, like, um, the film itself is very... um, time capsule to the 2000s like the outfits um the whole style is just it's all very 2000s yeah like very very like late 2000s yes yes yeah it's a good time so again real quick before we move on uh he directed his first feature or whatever it was not feature just first movie was called 976 evil and that was from 1988 And then he directed Killer Pad 20 years later. So I'm not sure what the, uh, how, just like, I'm going to do this now and I'll do one 20 years. Like, I don't. (laughs) Maybe he was like trying to branch out. God. No, no, no. Good for him. That's awesome. It's just so bizarre that he directed. It's just very sporadic directing and also two random movies that, you know, not many people have actually heard about. So when you recommended this, I was like gold star for Gabby. Robert England directed, and it was a fun movie. It's funny, and it's amusing, and I was just glad that um, you had watched it with me so I could make jokes from that movie and mostly the El Diablo Esaki thing and the the squatters joke. Um, Mostly those, because I I appreciate making jokes about that film. I mean, they they clearly had fun with it. Um, They didn't take themselves seriously. Oh, no, no. At all. And that was, like, my favorite part, is they just, like, had fun with it. Yeah, like, uh, peop- they have a house party and people keep dying, and they're like, it's just um another freak random party accident. Let's just hide the body till tomorrow. Well, because that was the whole theme of the movie. Once they moved into that, you know, the killer pad, they were just trying to get laid. So they threw a huge party, invited all these people that 
because this uh, girl next door told them to. Well, the three girls next door. They had there was three of them, right? There was a yes, and they yeah. suggested the uh, lovely band Demon Semen. Demon Semen, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow, not subtle. Like the, the this movie could have just been called Subtlety, the movie. Well, it was hilarious because <laughs> like um, as soon as they move in, yeah, you were like talking about there's like red and pentagrams everywhere, but it's like um, they get really baked at one point after they go down to a, the basement and find out there's a hole in the basement. And they're like, what if this hole is actually a portal to hell? And the longer we stay here. There's a greater chance of us um, being brutally murdered and um, our souls being like taken by the devil. And then they just cackle about it because they're like, that's ridiculous. Now, that's the plot of the film. It really is. Yeah, that's the whole plot of the film. And, and then waking up in the uh, the pentagram is spectacular. That was I, I laughed out loud at that so hard because, yeah, they wake up in a pentagram of like beer cans. And I was just like, God, the, the spooning subtle yeah, spooning subtlety is the name of this movie for sure. Um, but I think some of my favorite parts from that movie were, were that what we just said, them waking up in the pentagram. Um also, I loved how they just harped on the our house in the mid. Like that song was like the theme song of that movie. And it's like, God, this just immediately dates this fucking movie. Wow. <coughs> also, I still appreciate Lynn Shane. Come on. The house is also pretty fucking awesome. I don't know if that was a house they shot in or if they built that in a studio. But nonetheless, that house was fucking like baller, dude. I'm pretty sure that was probably just a house they found. I mean, it had to have been like somewhere in the Hollywood Hills because it, it was fucking awesome. And also, like a lot of the practical effects that they had in this movie were on point. Like they were pretty good. Like when they had the the ladies like dressed up and stuff, I was like, that's not bad effects. Yeah, the wings and the um the horns and all yeah. that. Yeah, that was yeah. They did a really nice job with that, and they they even have um. Joey Lawrence in the film, which is just so random. That was really random because I was like. Who is that? And you had to explain it to me. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Got yeah. it. And um, his uh, his main scene, because he won't make it, uh, they did a pretty good job with the effects on that one. Oh, also, the uh, the fire marshal who's, like, smoking. I was like, okay, I get it. Irony. Ha-ha. Oh, you Funny. didn't. Uh, you didn't think Backwater was amusing. The uh, the guy who was their friend who would get so shit faced, he'd have to laminate. He had a laminated name tag in case he forgot who he was, and then he shows up to their house party um, as a priest or about to be priest, and you're like, "This is a horrible oh, idea." Yeah, 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 yeah. He was hilarious. Yeah, because he's trying to be like so holier than thou, and then eventually he he's not. He just nope. No, you, I mean you like, tried, but you didn't. You didn't do it. Was those Catholic schoolgirls? <laughs> it was. It's it's always them, isn't it? Usually yeah. With with the priests and stuff. Part of the problem, right there. That's the problem with America. Catholic. Catholic. Yeah, they're the problem with America. The slutty ones, not the regular ones. Wow. Anything else you want to say? Politically or uh, no, let's just, just stop you right there. I'm gonna go ahead. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna let you finish, but uh, Beyonce had the best. Music oh, video. Wow. Ever. How dated is that reference? I don't know. 2008. Probably about the same time this movie came out. 
Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, so, like, I really enjoyed Killer Pad. Obviously, it's not something to take seriously. They don't take themselves seriously. But if you want a dopey, fun horror comedy with good practical effects and just uh, shenanigans throughout, I mean, I recommend watching this movie. I only gave it a two and a half star because it wasn't a good movie, but it obviously wasn't bad. It was entertaining enough to keep my attention and also, like I said, had good practical effects and just a silly storyline. By the way, the ending is, is just as silly. Like, okay. Um, so yeah, Killer Pad, that's not really streaming anywhere. You can watch it on uh, Amazon Prime for like two or three bucks. I say rent it. What do you have, what? What, are you, what are you looking at over there? Um, sorry, not this is uh, off topic. I just saw it on here. Um, Kirk Douglas died. Spartacus. He was 103. Jesus, he was the real Spartacus. Or whatever. Seriously, a hundred and three years old. Wait, is that um Michael Douglas's dad? Yeah, that guy. Mm -hmm. Oh damn. R.I.P. Dude. Yeah. Uh, he had a uh, where do I want illustrious career? Illustrious. Wow. Yeah. That's the word I'm using. Are you just using that because that's half of your handle on Instagram? Bite me and no. Illustrious Watson. Check her out. Follow me. Hashtag. Humble brag or whatever or something. Hashtag I need followers. Follow her. Oh, man. I wrote down nothing for Black Sheep. Oh, I man. have it all up here. Yeah, it's all up in my brain. All right. So, yeah, that was Killer Pad again from 2008. Also, Andy Milanakis was in that, and he plays a fucking dweeb, and it's funny. So watch it just for that, if anything. Stop pointing at me. It's, okay. not, it's very rude. But I'm, I want to say something. What? Okay, of all the three out of four of these movies have um, scenes of a sexual nature in them. This is the only one. What? Okay, sorry. Four out of four of these movies have sexual. Okay, I forgot about that one scene. Um, this one would be the only one where um, someone asked permission before like checking out boobs. I mean, he missed it. It was Andy Milanakis, but like, you know, yeah, okay. there wasn't any weird. Oh, this girl's passed out. I'm going to molest her. No, they were like, oh, this girl's passed out. Let's just hide her in the hot tub. <laughs> she was it's dead. Fine. Okay. It's She's different. Dead. I'm saying they weren't like, oh, these girls are wasted in the tub, a uh, hot tub. Let's feel them up. They're like, these girls are wasted. Oh, shit. They're dead. But, you know, there was no. While they were creepy and clearly throwing a party for themselves. Yeah. And there their was dicks. no creepiness with lack of consent. That's the only film that there was no lack of consent. I and if you think about it, I'm right. Well, I've only seen that movie one time, so I really can't speak on the no consent thing. But maybe you're right. Maybe you're not. I'm, I'm just going to go fucking ahead. right. Just like I was right about the street name. Listen, I will take this Sharpie and chuck it at your head right now. And I will throw something else at you. Probably something you'll be upset if it gets bruised. Well, then this is the end of the podcast. Goodbye. That's a theme song. I know. Any fucking ways. <laughs> Killer pad. Great. Basket case, not so much. Let's move on to From Beyond. I wish Ooh. I could have said that much cooler than I did, but I didn't. 
So from beyond, uh, I should have had this pulled up. And like, you feel like I would just do this before I start talking about movies. And IMDb doesn't want to pull it up. It's the there same it people who did uh, the reanimator. Yes. Well, not the reanimator, just reanimator. Reanimator. So this movie is from 1986, rated R, with a running time of one hour and 25 minutes. Uh, it is an H.P. Lovecraft uh, influenced film. I'm sure it's probably one of his. Uh, I've I've never read any of his books. I'm sure it's one of his things. It's got his name on it. He has to be involved in some way. And sweet Jesus fucking balls. What was this movie? What like? I have no idea. What was this movie? Because like the movie opens right, and it's fucking Jeffrey Combs. Being a God, God bless Jeffrey. I, w- I want to meet him like in person in real life. Okay. Can, can I do the plot thingy? You're going to do the plot? I, I yeah. mean, like I already started, so I feel like I should. But I mean, if you really want to, I guess. But just know that I'm not happy. Okay. Okay. So the film, I just want to be clear that this synopsis is different than the film. So I want to share with you the, the synopsis on IMDb. And then we'll say what the film is actually about um a group of scientists have developed the resonator a machine which allows whoever is within range to see beyond normal perceptible reality but when the experiment succeeds they are immediately attacked by a terrible life form or by terrible life forms false two scientists one main scientist and one research assistant come up with the resonator the assistant turns the shit on, which is Jeffrey Combs, and is immediately attacked. So he's like, yeah, fuck this. Don't want to turn this on. Turns it on again with the head scientist. And the head scientist is clearly batshit crazy because he is delighted that the thing works. And then you don't know what happens, but head scientist, what? Head scientist loses his head. We don't know how. And this guy is accused of his murder. So a psychologist, psychiatrist, um, splitting hairs, whatever. Yeah. Uh, those are two different things, but sure. Um, gets him released into her custody to prove that what happened is what happened and to recreate the experiment. And that's when she gets sucked into the power of the machine too. Well, going back to the opening scene, not only does the head scientist like it, he is sitting there like fucking orgasm, just like, oh, God, all the power. And like Jeffrey Combs is like, uh, all right, then. okay, then. And yeah, so what happens, what happens is what you said. And now the whole plot of the movie is to prove that these things like once they once crazy well yeah prove he's not crazy because the scientist believes him and is like you know i want to see what you're seeing and then once she sees what shit shit goes like left once everyone sees what's going on by the way it is it is very there's like these organisms that live around us but we can't see them until our pineal gland is vibrated sorry no no it's pineal it's pineal. I'll fight you. The pineal gland. It's not perennial. It's not perennial. It's the pineal gland. P-I-N-N-E-A-L. Pineal. Okay. 
it, is it the pare- it's not perennial that sounds like parental it's it's not that it's not that okay why don't you just look up what functions of the i am going oh my god you're taking too long this is not good for podcasting you realize that right I'm going. Why don't you keep talking? Yeah, the pineal gland. Fuck you. Peen. Shit. Oh my god. Shit. I just threw that down like the gauntlet. Pine. Okay. There's one less n. I said p i n n e a l. It's p i n e a pineal gland. That. Fuck you. I'm right. Okay. So anyway. Anyways. God, we're gonna fight. We're gonna fucking fight. That's for the other show. <laughs> Austin and Gabby fight. No, yeah, so the, the pineal gland is supposed, they have this thing, the, the resonator, which vibrates these, what did you call them? The They're tuning forks. Tuning forks, which vibrates your pineal gland to be able to Ow. see, yeah, woo, to see these jellyfish worm fucking things that are around you, which don't know you're there until you have the pineal gland They don't know vibrating. that you're there unless you move. It's just weird, though, like. The concept itself was weird. There's these things around us, but they don't know that we're there, and we don't know that they're there until our our brain is vibrating at the same frequency as them. Kind of weird plot line, but I mean, also, like, very fucking original. Like, God, the 80s were a great time. <laughs> like, yeah, my so much cocaine. problem with the film, was, though, like, because the, the effects were cool. Totally on board with the effects. Not all of them. I mean the the like um yeah, like the jelly the, the jellyfish they didn't the guy work. the creepy guy oh yeah the practical effects were practical fucking effects unreal they did a great job. My issue with the film is that the entire plot after they recreate the experiment revolves around the doctor woman being a total fucking idiot and going I'm just gonna keep switching this thing on until it become be until the um thing on the other side is so powerful that we can't stop it and i think that will be the best plan for everybody because apparently it makes her all horny to have the thing turned on so she can't control herself anymore and no one seems to think that that's a problem they're just like no we'll just get upset with her later after she switched it on for the 15th time after we said we should never do it again well, the funny thing is with that, too, is, you know, she you said she gets all horny and she does. But what you don't know until you watch this is the fact that in the house that they are in, which is where the film started, that they lock up after, you know, the events transpire once they get um, what. OK, what's what's Jeffrey Combs actual fucking name in this Crawford once they get Crawford and his. Like, is that like his mentor? Like who is like just like the chief yeah, it's his mentor, um, Dr. Pretorius. So once they get Dr. Pretorius and Crawford out of that house, you know, the police lock it up. They go back in there. And what you don't know about that house until they show it in the movie is like there is a like sex dungeon that Dr. Pretorius has concocted because he is a weird like sex freak who likes. Which is the entire reason he created the goddamn machine. No, I, I, I'm just saying, like, ugh, God, you always like zap my like my fucking momentum that I'm going on. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, you find out he's this sex fucking freak, and you see this video of him just like groping this woman who is obviously not into this at all because she's like tied up and it's just not a good time. And that's where the thing you were talking about, like all the, like the forced on, 
sexuality was coming into this movie is very heavy on like forced sex yeah because not good um, when they turn on the machine again he the guy who died reappears and it turns out the thing that they saw is kind of wearing him uh like an edgar suit yeah um and at one point he literally rips the blouse off the woman because apparently she can't just not turn the machine on starts grabbing her boobs aggressively and then his fingers get really long and they slide down off camera and you're like what the fuck is is she getting raped right now yeah that was weird because previous to that scene i don't recall any any like any nudity and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he just rips it open you're like whoa there's boobs okay and then they're being groped by these nasty and you're like i don't don't like this at all this is this is bad don't yeah, don't creepy do that. It was very weird. creepy. And then she gets so horned up that later she puts on the weird kink outfit, like whatever, kinkster thing, who cares? Um, and she puts on the weird BDSM outfit and then proceeds to go climb on top of an unconscious man. Jeffrey Combs. Yes. And start Crawford. And starts raping him. Well, like, like she, she like reaches down and clearly tries to um, get some stuff going so yeah. she can climb on top of him. And the other guy comes in. And he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Which, by the way, is uh, Ken for Ken. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Ken Foray, the hero of the film. Foray, the only sane person in the film. Yeah, the only sane. Yeah, he really is. He's like the voice of reason throughout that entire movie because you have Crawford, aka Jeffrey Combs, like fucking batshit crazy about like getting this scientifically thing done, and then you have the science, the other scientist who like believes Crawford is like, no, I want to see these things, and then it gets way too attached to seeing the things that she's seeing and all horny and sex crazed and all that stuff. And then you, then you have Ken Foray. What, what's his sorry? What's his name in the movie? Ken Foray. Bubba Brownie. Bubba. Brownlee? It's not Bubba. It is Bubba. No. I'm, I'm reading it right a, here. It says, awesome it says Bubba. Okay. Quick little rabbit trail here. If you don't know Ken Foray, he's been in Dawn of the Dead. He's been in Lords of Salem. He's been in The Devil's Rejects. He's been basically pretty much almost every Rob Zombie movie for the most part. Most part. <laughs> the most part. The most part. He was in Nightway. He's been in so many things. And God, he was—he was, I think, my favorite thing. I—I I would have said Jeffrey Combs, but for you know, Ken Foray was my favorite part about this movie, because, like I said, he was the voice of reason, trying to get everyone to be like, okay, let's not fuck around, please. Also, he was in the Rift. If you've ever seen the Rift, very odd indie movie. Um, but yeah, th this movie was just a weird fever dream, bizarro, alien, horny, fucking. I like, it, I like don't the know. last half of the movie we couldn't even figure out what was going on I because know. <laughs> like, um it was so weird crawford seemed like this guy who was trying to help on an experiment and then got um accused of murder and really just wanted nothing to do with the situation and then he can't stop talking about how his um uh head scientist guy Pretorius is like a genius and so smart, uh, but he also still wants nothing to do with the whole experiment. And then suddenly he's like totally on board because he starts having these same effects Pretorius did. And then he runs around murdering people and you're like, what? 
and meanwhile, every time they turn on the resonator, Pretorius is there getting much more Cronenbergian, I'm going to say. Yeah. Even though it's a Lovecraft film, I got a very Cronenberg. Like He's more fe- and more defor- deformed and warped. Deformed, warped, it's like slimy, slippery, greasy. And you have, at one point in time... He has this thing pop out of his, what, you know, they were talking about the third eye. They have this, like, this little antenna thing that pops out of his head. And then, eventually, ooh, excuse me, Jeffrey Combs' character, Crawford, has the same thing pop. He, he's like, he's like, just let it free, and, like, this little boop pops out. And it's like his third eye, which gives him, like, this, uh, like, predator vision with, like, the blue-green-yellow kind of... imagine it, like... Um, Imagine it much with, less like like with a shittier budget, and he's like, "It's beautiful," and you're like, "Ugh, it's pixelated." <laughs> yeah, when he said it's beautiful, and they went to the like the 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 screen of what he saw, I was like, "Oh, that's giant uh, pixel." Like, why is that beautiful? So the rest of the movie is him, like dealing with this protruding thing in his in his head. You know, he's in the hospital at one point, and like the thing pops out, and you're like, the doctor's like, "What the." fuck is that it's just such a fucking weird i don't even remember what the ending was besides Uh, oh i do well besides the uh, scientist biting off his uh third eye thing it's just like i don't know what is going on in this movie well they they get back down to the house and they come to a showdown um and uh the only person that survives that film is um dr Catherine, which is kind of fucked up because um well frankly she did not deserve it so ken foray deserved it okay yeah facts the only same person he was like i think we should leave and they're like "Ah." and he's like this is a stupid plan um i will say uh bold move having him go into a full water scene with only like bikini underwear on because then they got soaked and you're like and there is that dude's dick no that was a great scene though just because of the fact of like yeah exactly no the fact of the uh the practical like monster they had roaming around in that water like it was very uh i like that it was like okay this looks like a real uh whatever you are slug uh thing yeah but then he just you know halted in there with his giant crotch and you're like wow Subtle, subtlety again. Dicks everywhere. Dicks and boobs and all sorts of stuff. No, but like I, for what it was, I really enjoyed this movie just because it was um, kind of gross. Like, I don't know. Like, I liked how gross it was. I know that's weird to say, but just like the like the practical effects of it were just kind of drippy. It, it like reminded me of The Fly. And that's why I mentioned Cronenberg is because like The Fly was very drippy and just kind of gross and nasty to look at and that's what i got from from beyond like the creature that dr Pretorius turned into was just very grotesque and just disgusting so i don't yeah. i just i just like the like the i don't know the grotesqueness grotesqueness of it if that's a word yes but no, i also, also jeffrey combs fucking barbara crampton ken foray like dude you can't get much better for an 80s lineup than those three people right there I don't know. That's just me. Those three people, fantastic. Yeah, like I said, I was totally on board with the film until it got rapey, and then I was like, this is gross. It was like Reanimator. I was totally on board until the yeah, weird yeah. rapey scene. Well, again, like, because they that's got Lovecraft. Through, 
so much <laughs> of the film without it. And then they were like, you know what? We haven't done anything incredibly uncomfortable yet. Let's get that shit going. And I'm like, I can't deal with that part of the film. I, I just don't like a thousand percent. The film could have lived without it. Well, no, and you're right. And I, and I don't know if that's like a Lovecraft thing because I've only seen two of the, you know, the Lovecraft inspired movies, which is reanimator and this one. So maybe that's just kind of a theme that's there, like an underlying theme. I, I don't think know. It's the director. Well, no, because the, this wasn't the same director. Did did the same guy do? Tell me if you, if you can. Did the same guy do Reanimator? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, okay. Then answer me this: Did the same guy do Bride of Reanimator? Because that one did not have, from what I remember, didn't have any rapey vibes. No, he did not. Oh, so maybe that is a directorial choice. Yes, maybe which it's not, is maybe it terrifying. Has, maybe it, so. Who's the director that did? Um, uh, Reanimator and um, From Beyond. Uh, Stuart Gordon. Oh, that's right. Stuart Gordon. Okay. Well, then you know what? I think we need to go see what other movies he's done. Watch that. And if there's a rapey bit in that, then maybe it's just the director. You know, like Wes, Wes Anderson always kills dogs in his movies or whatever. You know, every, every director has their thing. Mike Flanagan has that famous, like, Flanagan tilt that he does that he, like, I can't. It's hard to explain. I know what you're saying. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and this guy's got rape, which is not a thing I like. Not not I, really a big fan it's of. I'm like I'm just not a fan of that in movies. Like, well, that and that's what I was saying when you. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. That's what I was saying when we were watching this. There are so many horror films, um, and not to say that you can't portray that rape exists in films. Um, it's just that there are so many horror films that feel like it's a necessity to have a girl get sexually assaulted or in in this instance, a guy even got sexually assaulted, but like somebody is getting groped against their will in so many films. They're like, you know what? Your film could a thousand percent do without that. You know what? It's possible to show nudity without it being sexual. Like you saw, um, what the hell was that weird French movie you saw? Raw? No, no, no. The one with the island and the the kids and the... I watched oh, Evolution. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Evolution, yes. There there was like semi-nudity from the women in that in a completely non-sexual nature. Yeah. And I really appreciate when horror films understand it's possible to get by without having anyone be naked. Well, and okay, and here's here's my thing. Talk speaking on this topic, you're you're talking on is the fact that if you have a rape revenge film, that's one thing because that is the setup for the movie. I, I still don't like it because I'm not a fan of seeing someone like raped, man, woman, whatever. I feel like that's a universal truth. I'm just I'm just not a fan of seeing that. But like, if that's your setup for the movie, like this person got fucked up and raped, and then that is their character arc where they go back and they they get revenge okay i can understand that but then you go to something like for example halloween 2007 the rob zombie film the theatrical version had this great scene where michael myers and i know i've talked about this michael myers escaped he killed like all the guards and got out the director's cut which is one of the only ones you can find nowadays i had to dig to find the theatrical cut and i have that now 
But the 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 version you're gonna buy when you go buy Halloween 2007 is a version where Rob Zombie took that scene out and replaced it with a rape scene, and it's just so fucking annoying. Like, why do you have to put something like that into a scene where you already had a solid scene where Michael Myers killed people in the most heinous fucking ways, started dragging people out, and there was a trail of blood, and then you replace it with some hillbilly fucking this crazy chick? Why? Why do you have to, like... Monetize like, rape? Why do you... Yeah, why do you have to monetize rape and, like, expose this fucking person who obviously is in a mental institution, doesn't know really what's happening, and then some hillbilly fuck rapes her? Like, that, that's just so fucking unnecessary. And that's the side of Rob Zombie that I don't like. Like, don't put that into movies when you already have something that's already good enough. Like if you added that to the scene that was already there, I mean, whatever. But when you replace a great scene with a rape scene, just, just don't. Can you not? That's what I'm saying. Just, like just don't. <laughs> there, there are, there are plenty of ways like to put a rape scene in that does not further the plot or does not make sense for the plot. It's basically like, Oh, I want to do something horrific. So, I'm going to do rape. Like, okay, rape is already horrific on its own, but it's not a horror thing. It is a horrifying thing that exists in this world, and it's completely different. And, yeah, it's like you can get by on so many films. You want to have a sex scene? Have a sex scene. Make it consensual. Yeah, I don't like exploitation of women when it's when it's unnecessary to the plot. When you just throw that in there just because, go fuck yourself. Like, I still don't agree with it, but like I said, going back to the rape revenge thing, if it's for a plot reason, okay, like, I guess I can I can understand why it's there. But when it's literally there just for, like, like shock and awe... And, or there just so that way you that. can show a woman's tits. Yeah, like, I exactly. I don't need... I don't want to see some mental institution's, like, tits because, like, they're being ripped down because she's being... Like, that's just not what I want to see. That's yeah. not what I want to see. Just stop doing that. It's not right. I'm sorry. We went on this whole fucking thing. But, like, I don't need women exploited in films just because. I don't need that. And now, granted, these films were in the 80s. And um, a lot of horror films today. Well, the ones we're we're reviewing. Yeah. Halloween 2007 Um, was, like, yeah. But I'm (laughs) saying, like, more today, especially with, like, you know, Me Too and the Me Too movement and um, women being much more vocal and and men, too, about, like, this is not okay. You wouldn't get away with that. In fact, actually, um, who's the guy from American Pie? Jason. Jason. No, no, Jason Biggs. Yeah. Yeah. What about him? He uh, was talking today about the scene in that movie where the uh, he has a webcam and he watches his... um, foreign exchange nadia yeah get changed and then jerks off to it and he was like yeah today that would absolutely not be made when we were looking at it we were like oh you could have a camera on your computer that's crazy and today it'd be like that is disgusting and what is wrong with you it's like people you know what i'm just gonna say people are more woke now like people are understanding more like it's not okay to do these things. Well, it's not okay just because of what is acceptable socially now. Like everyone has phones, everyone has a com- like a com- like a camera on their computer, so that sort of behavior is not acceptable nowadays, but back then it's like like whoa, this is blowing my mind that this even exists to begin with. Exactly. Because, yeah. And that's so what like, he was saying. Like that the technology at that point was like 
this is a thing. What? Oh, yeah, I have to do that. Like, but like now, yeah, with like the overstimulation you have from all your social media platforms and internet, like, yeah, you don't need to do that. That is considered like disgusting to it, do because it is. Well, I and, mean, it and is. People, it, it, it's like you know the. The further we along we go, the more we learn. Like people are always learning, and it's just another thing we have to learn. And you can tell what people have learned, especially in films, because there's just stuff in films that does not happen today, because we know that it is just like unnecessary to the film, like rape scenes. Yeah, like- rape scenes. Unless <laughs> it is a film where the plot involves a rape, um, which there are some, and it's. It's yeah, Last Google, House it, on the Left, I Spit on Your Grave, a couple and, examples. And in some ways it's good because it it makes it that your people are aware it exists what happens because the you know if you never show it then it's like pretending it doesn't exist. But they are plot based. There is a reason that is for a character going through a journey. It is not just we're going to rape her so you can see her boobs. Yeah. That's not something that would happen now, well, and it, thank God, because well, it's also it's also kind of women empowerment if you think about it, in in a way to where like you're giving the power to the woman to go be like, you know what, fuck you, this isn't right, and they go and fuck them up. Like it's a terrible setup, but it is kind of like empowering women to be like, you know, take a stand for, you know, take it into your own hand. Like you know what I'm saying? Like take it into your own hands because there's, that's the problem with a lot of things nowadays is when women go to cops or whatever it's just like oh yeah whatever they they don't take it seriously so it's like women taking it into their own no i'm serious which is a whole other depressing commentary we don't have time we don't have time for that but like it's it's like a it's like a women empowerment thing like taking it into your own hands like taking the law or whatever into your own hands and just dealing with someone who is a terrible human being because you're kind of afraid to go tell somebody about it because they might just fucking brush it off and that's not fucking cool so like i almost kind of like those films in a way just because like i love seeing someone like no fuck you that's not right i'm gonna the woman taking a stand exactly and that's that's fucking great i just don't like the setup (laughs) i'm still not a fan of the setups but like i get where they're going with that so definitely that was a long rabbit trail we went down but need to be said it was needed to be said so and that, now, that's our stance on that. I don't even know what what caused that, but we're gonna get back I was on talking track. Talking about here. how upsetting that whole movie. Oh, from the eighties, yeah, from yeah. the eighties, yeah, from the eighties, yeah. How the eighties are kind of this weird thing, and nowadays it's like let's not do that. Let's take a step back. In fact, yeah, nowadays when when rape happens in films or um, TV shows, it's um, it's the more horrifying reality of getting someone to believe you. Yeah, and again, another social commentary that we, we just, yeah, just don't have time we to don't get have into. Time for that it, we're that, making progress in the world of media. Because that's so. upsetting enough. So, um, okay, let's go ahead and just... Entertainment scoot. media, not regular media, sorry. Let's go ahead and just scoot right into the last movie that we want to talk about here before we play some horror trivia. And uh, let's talk about Black Sheep, because this, is a, this movie is a force to be reckoned with. Fuck yeah, it is. Because not only had A, I never heard about this movie. Can you pull it up over there? I am. B, I thought you were talking about the Black Sheep, which, by the way, we're not talking about the Chris Farley, um, David Spade Black Sheep. We're talking about Black Sheep. From 2006. 2006. And this is a comedy horror from New Zealand. 
Now, I want everyone to think about New Zealand and what they've done for cinema, a.k.a. Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings. Okay, you've got Lord of the Rings in your head. Perfect. Now, I want you to take the practical effects you've seen from Lord of the Rings and put them into a comedy horror. Do you have it in your head? Because if you don't, you need to watch this movie. Wow, wow, and holy shit, this movie was amazing. And I'm so glad you liked it. Oh, my it's God. It's been a, a personal favorite of mine for a long time. I've told you, that's why when you, like, um, that sheep pillow I own is a reference to that. Like, I, I have random sheep items that are literally just a reference to this film because that's how much I liked it. Um, do you want to explain the plot? Yes, I'm going to read... Oh, but that's 2018. That's why that didn't sound familiar. I was like, man, this description sounds different. Okay, so I'm going to read the short description because the other description is just way too long. Yeah. So here's the short version. An experiment in genetic engineering turns harmless sheep into bloodthirsty killers that terrorize a sprawling New Zealand farm. Okay, so this movie, off killer sheep. Yeah. Killer sheep. That's it. Killer sheep. Um. That's the fucking plot of this movie. Yeah, a a guy who used to live on a farm until his uh, father died um, has to go back to sign over his half to his older brother who um, terrorized him the same day his father died um, and gave him a fear of sheep. Um, So he has to basically convince himself to go back um, on the same day his brother is doing a presentation about some genetically engineered sheep that he has created. And while this is happening, a couple of hippies are breaking on into the premises to, um, get photos and evidence, um, about the genetic engineering that's happening. Yeah. And I just love how the movie opens where, okay. So let me, let me get names here. Cause it's always easier to deal with names. So the main guy, Grant, right? No, 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 no. Sorry. Henry. Henry, Henry, the main guy, Henry has a brother, Grant, correct? No. Who's the fucking brother then? There's no um, pictures here. I'm, I can't see anything. I'm sorry. Angus. Angus is his brother? Yes. Angus Oldfield. Oh, he's way down there. Okay, so I... I, I as his experience. Henry has a brother, Angus, who killed Henry's favorite sheep, right? Yup. Then took the sheep's head, put it on his own face, all bloody and shit, and scared his brother just was like 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 was over top of him and like doing all these crazy emotions and you're just like wow what's going on what is wrong with you so he terrorized the fuck out of his brother so much so that like henry cannot be around sheep in any capacity like when he was in a taxi to the farm and they were like surrounded by sheep he was ducking in the back like no 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 and the driver's like are you are you good you good it's like, no, 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 we just have to go. And, like, sheep freak him the fuck out. But then it comes full circle at the end, and I won't say how, but I'll just leave it up to your imagination on how it comes full, full circle with the whole genetic engineering of sheep and such. Because it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. The, it um, was so beautiful. Because you were even saying, because I was like, yeah, the, what kills me is this plot is very silly, but they did a really good job with it. Um, because it, it's a very simple plot. They didn't 
do a bunch of crazy sidelines, um, but they they pretty much kept it all. No, oh, it's 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 straightforward. Yeah, like it. There's and no rabbit trails. There, well, there's that one little one. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying for the um, most part, like it's yeah. there's it's not like loosely interpreted. You know what's going on. Yeah, and um, what's crazy is all the sheep, all the sheep puppets, all the um, larger sheep. I'm gonna say uh, they all look real. They look realistic. They were expertly made. Like, they don't look like, ah, that's a sheep puppet. That looks like a sheep. Well, and remember what I said. Like, take Lord of the Rings and put them with or whatever I said about the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, this was the same production company. Well, the same, um, not not pr- prosthetic company. Um, or what do you call them? Fuck. Special effects. Special effects. I'm sorry. Excuse me. This was the same special effects crew that did lord of the rings it's called wet wetka wetwa or whatever yeah yeah so the same like fx people that did lord of the rings you know did all of the shit for that did this movie and mind you this is like three years after the last lord of the rings because i'm pretty sure lord of the rings was 2001 2002 and 2003 if i'm not mistaken Somewhere be like that in right. somewhere in that range. Now this is two thousand and six, so this is a few years after the last Lord of the Rings, and the fucking effects in this movie. Yes, Return of the King was two thousand three, so this is three years after that, and wow, the blood, the fucking fake limbs, everything in that movie was not B quality. That was like. That's like theatrical quality because it looked very real. Yeah, here, here you go. Yeah, like they have this. Okay, they have this whole thing where people start turning into sheep, and not just like sheep. I'm talking like Wendigo style sheep. Where sheep? Well, okay, I'm saying, but like Wendigo style, just like the size and like the proportions of like a Wendigo with like a giant sheep head and fur and just huge hooves. Like, it's pretty fucking unreal what actually happens in this movie. Not not to mention how fucking hysterical this movie is. Oh, It's got yeah. that New Zealand charm style humor, like... Oh, they're just like giving each other shit and um, like people they don't know. They're like making cracks at each other. And um, it's so amusing. Well, there's one part in the movie where uh, they go to drive away, like the three main cast. And there's a sheep that's trying to bite the driver. And then he just like switches seats with the sheep, goes into the bed of the truck. And the sheep is just like driving. And you're like, what, what's, what's going on? The sheep is somehow steering. The sheep, the sheep is somehow steering with his fucking hooves. What's going on? But no. what was hilarious is the whole bit where they're like, oh, you got to jump because they're about to drive off a cliff. And when it cuts to the cliff and then cuts to the sheep realizing it's about to drive off the cliff, it goes, bah! <laughs> like, ah, shit! And it that, that was so ridiculous, but so funny. Apparently that scene took like three days to shoot. But it, it was so funny. And like all the animatronics and, and just... 
What? What's? Oh, she's. Oh, she's. Oh, she's sleeping in the corner. Sorry, our little puppy is just over in the she's corner. She's collapsed. She's like the th- like the fourth co-host, just always there, always watching, silently um, protecting. Sorry, it was Weta workshops. Weta. Weta, not Wetka or wet whatever I said. Yeah, Weta workshops. Not wet whatever I said. Yeah, Weta workshops, which is known for King Kong and all the Lord of the Rings trilogy and all that stuff. Yeah, they did this movie, and it's it it shows. Because not only are the practical effects just beautiful and perfect, the score in this movie is so thematic. Like it is so just like it's he like it's it's got a whole like orchestra behind this movie. Which is hilarious. Which is hilarious for what you're watching. And even the color grade in this movie is a little bit darker, a little bit duller. It's very, you know, it's not it's not very bright or anything. It's 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 literally a Lord of the Rings sheep movie. Like what would happen if genetic sheep started killing people? And like I need people to see this movie because I I, I wanted to give it a four and a half. But like I was kind of like towards the end, I was like, okay, like let's wrap it up. Like it, for a very short movie, it did slightly drag. No, 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 no. Like, it, dude, I gave it a four out of five. I, it was a phenomenal film. I loved it. Okay, can I do something? Uh, what do you want to do? Read the taglines. There's only two. There's seven. Oh. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's Come go back on. and forth here. Let's go back and forth here. Come I'm on. I'm going to take my thing. I'm not taking your thing. I want to go back. If there's seven, I thought there was two because I thought I looked at them. Let's go back and forth here with the tagline. Okay, you go ahead and do number one. Get ready for the violence of the lambs. Get the flock out of here. There are 40 million sheep in New Zealand, and they're pissed off. A new breed of comedy horror. The sheep on this farm have turned to the bad side. Sheer terror. That's my favorite. <laughs> no, this this seriously, this is this is a literal like hidden B gem because like again, we consider this a B movie because it, it didn't have a wide release and I don't even think the budget was that much. It, like I mean it couldn't have been. Hold on, I'm going to go look. Hold on. I'm going to go look. It was where is the budget? I don't even see. I, I see the box office, but I don't actually see the budget. Fuck is the budget? I can't find the budget. Oh, wow. Sometimes they don't list it. I don't see a budget. Well, it did gross uh, $84 million, which is a lot more. No, $84,000. I'm sorry. I was going to say, simmer down. Okay, worldwide gross was $5 million. Okay. But listen, Black Sheep... It is on Amazon to purchase for eight ninety nine. Just, just do it. Just do it. Just, just, just buy the eight ninety nine movie and watch it. It is worth it to have it. So that's going to be the one I recommend the most out of this episode because this is the one we're doing last. So you're welcome. Black Sheep, two thousand and six. Oh God, so many weird movies we watched this week. I, I don't even know how to describe some of them, even though we did in depth. But uh, let's go ahead and play some horror trivia. Okay. Go ahead. You're up. By the way, I have a tally over here on uh, who's winning so far. Is it me? No, because we're starting over new for this year. What the shit? Yep. What about last year? Nope. I'll go back. I'll, I'll tally later. Yeah, fucking tally, motherfucker. What do you have, green? Oh, no. That's already been picked. Oh, no. No, the four in question. How sad. Are you ready? I'm going to give you an easy one. That's generous. I'm going to give you an easy In Friday the 13th, 1980, what character is revealed to be the killer? Oh, shit. What's her name? Um, Mrs. Voorhees. 
Uh, I need the whole name, full title. Because like Mrs. Voorhees, yeah, of course that's his mom. But like, uh, what's Deborah Voorhees? No, Patricia. I'll give you, I'll give you half because you got Voorhees. It's Pamela. Ah, shit! I went almost spoke Patricia. Pamela, my ding dong. Okay, your turn. Don't, 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 don't do that. What color? Red, red. Okay. Burg- Ron Burgundy. Shh. Which character is spared by Kevin Wendell Crumb in Split 2016? Casey Cookie, Claire Bineau, or Marsha? Marsha. Casey Cookie. I don't fucking know. I only saw that movie one goddamn time. You got Burgundy, too. Burgundy. All right. Uh, what is the name of the rare medical disorder Raymond Andrew Gilbert has in Gerald's game? <laughs> you ain't getting that. Yeah, I don't remember what it is. You ain't getting that shit. Uh, Acromeljolly. A c r o m e g a l y. Acromegaly. Acromegaly. Let me see it so I can read it. God damn you. Well, okay, I got that one right there. Mark that one off. Yeah, I can't read that either. Go ahead. Acromajali. I already already did it, motherfucker. Damn. Oh, a foreign question. In Satan's Rhapsody. Yes, I know that film from 1917. What does Countess Alba de Altravita give up in exchange for her uh, regaining her youth? Virginity. Oh, shit. Never mind. What? Love. Look, you're really bad at that. Roll, God, you're really bad at that. Can you go? Holy shit balls, dude. Are you good? I'm great. Holy shit. An audition, Asami states that her hip injury ended her career as a what? Ballet dancer. Oh! Was that right? Yeah. One and a half stars for you, lady. So go ahead and I will roll it. One and a half. Being popular today. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. That question's been taken. Oh, no. Give me an easy one like I gave you. But, like, you know, say things so there's not dead. Okay. The Exorcist was based on a novel fr- of the same name by what author? Um, I don't know. I, I got nothing. William Blady. Uh, that was my third guess. The Exorcist. After nothing? Yes, exactly. Burgundy. The director of The Descent was nominated for an Emmy Award. The director of The Descent was nominated for an Emmy Award for his directing work on what HBO series? Oh, that's a big one. That's a big one. Game of Thrones. No, fuck my shit. Two and a half. Two and a half. What? 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 Suck it. Blue. Oh, I'm already going to lose. We talked about this when me and Corey played. God damn it. Okay. In the green room, what Ooh. is the name of the punk band the protagonists play in? Uh, I hate uh, Nazis. I hate white people. I don't know. The ain't rights. Wow. I was going to say the not wrongs. Wow. Green room. Didn't get that right. Wait. Do they hate white people? Who do they hate? Oh, my God. Go. Green, green, green. Oh, that's been taken. Oh no! 
What decade is Ouija Origin of Evil set in? 1970s. Ah, 1960s, motherfucker. Oh, yellow. Look at that. Um, what is the relationship between Papa Jupiter and Ruby in The Hills of Eyes? <laughs> Father, daughter. Good job. Yay, I got a point. Hooray. I did it. One to two and a half. Green. All right. At the end of The Devil's Rejects, name the three characters that escape capture by police. Um, Baby. Uh-huh. Otis. Uh-huh. And um, Spaulding. Fuck my life. All right. All right. First win. Let me let me jot that down because I won last time. I'm leaving this episode. Why are you leaving? Oh, my goodness. Okay. She's leaving this episode. Go ahead. Take the dog with you. I guess I will. I will champion this show till the end. Good fucking grief. Don't close the door or anything. It's fine. I'll get a lot of reverb from the outside. Good grief, guys. Anyways. Holy shit. It's been a uh, it's been a fun episode. I'm really really not shocked that Gabby decided to win this episode of trivia. I hope you enjoyed all the movies we reviewed. We will be back next week doing what? I don't know. You'll just have to tune in. That's what I'm doing now. So until then, stay tuned and stay spooky.